Welcome to the Fans of Fitness Podcast, a voice for fitness, health, and wellness professionals. The National Personal Training Institute of Arizona. Legit instructors teaching you. No, enough of those bad reps. The good quality trainers that come out of the school. Let's get into it. Well, what's up, Build Body Fitness? Good <laughs> what's to see you guys on? again. Yeah, man. Always excited to be here. Yeah. Glad mm-hmm. you guys could make it. Yeah. Um, geez, I just saw you a couple days ago at the gym. It's been nice. I've been going been going there a little bit more often. Yeah. Uh, I feel like summer times are my times to like go to the gym just because like it takes us so much to keep the garage cool. Yeah. Um I just I try we try to just keep our AC units running during clientele. Which you did hear that correctly. There are two AC units. Yeah, yeah, we we got two AC units in oh, there. Oh, wasn't enough. No. Yeah, no. No. <laughs> They're like two 14,000 BUT or whatever they're called. BTU. BTU. Mm-hmm. Um, they're each supposed to be for 800 square feet. Wow. But because the garage gets so hot, I have it all insulated. The 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 garage doors, I resealed everything. So there's no draft or anything, but it just, it's summer. It gets hot and you need two of them. Yeah. And your, your garage is what, about 500 square feet? Two car garage, about 400. Yeah. Yeah, and then we use the side of the house. We have the turf, um, where it's about a fifty, like two, two feet stretch, three by fifty, fifty-two or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember when I came over, uh, I was like, "This is really cool." Yeah. Yeah. Um, how's that business been going? It's been fun, but <laughs> crazy. Yeah. You know, life of a trainer is. It probably looks really great online. We definitely had some ups and downs but it's a huge blessing to be able to train out of our home to where we don't have to do daycare um literally just yeah. roll out of bed look somewhat presentable <laughs> i for the most part don't have to share any equipment with anyone yeah. it's been it's been great and even though the ac which there there was a whole whole story of getting the <laughs> ac set up that he he may or may not tell you at some point. I'll share it. It's been cool kind of seeing everything coming together, especially especially if you saw what the gym started off with. Right. Originally, it was just a squat rack that he got from Facebook Market, a 35-pound kettlebell that I got from when I used to work at Funk Fit, and the whole point of the garage gym wasn't initially to train out of it. It was me having a place to go postpartum to recover without having to worry about... Our daughter. Our daughter. Right. Mm-hmm. And son as well. Like, just basically the whole babysitting thing. Um, we have no family here in Arizona, so it's really, really hard for us to just, you know, like, have, like, that support of, uh, oh, yeah, we got we have this to do. We can, you know, leave kids with grandparents or whatever. We don't have yeah. that. So, um, and daycare, I mean, like, when... It's so expensive. When she used to do daycare yeah. for, for our son, it, yeah, it was so expensive. So it's like... It's not really even worth worth uh, going our way and trying to work more to get daycare because basically we're working more just to pay off that daycare. Like, it's yeah. We're right. extremely when I say we're extremely blessed. We're extremely blessed to be able to train out of our home, and it really does not take much to have a garage gym. Given like if you, you know, shameless shout out, look at us on Instagram, see what we've done. <laughs> right. And one of the first pinned videos is seeing the progress of it started off with just a couple pieces of equipment. And he's been able to flip a ton of things, find a great deals, create great connections to elevate it where it is today. But it's we also know of a couple other garage gyms to where 
you know, they might not have the lights and everything, but they've been able to utilize half of their two car garage with a squat rack and make things happen. It's mm -hmm. hard thing with being a trainer is you have to be willing to be really freaking creative, but you can <laughs> make things work. You just, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. you have to be willing to think a different way. And Luis is really, really creative. I got to give him credit for Thanks. his stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, uh, the whole, the whole process really started after you guys invited us to go visit another garage gym. Mm -hmm. And, I remember seeing that and I was like, well, we got a few things. We've had a few clients like because I was training out of the gym. So um, I was doing the majority of the training because Renee was still in recovery uh, and I was going to the gym. But there was a lot of times where I had evening clients and she was still like not feeling great or maybe uh, our daughter was just being a, a lot. And I messaged the client and be like, hey, are you OK training here today? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. And that had gone from like November to January when we went to go check out the, the other gym and after going there i was like well you know we've had clients come to our place it's not even like professional looking like it's just a little setup that, that i got put together yes i found everything on the facebook market i've been able to flip almost all the equipment so um the only thing that every, the whole gym has pretty much been paid out by flipping equipment except for our functional trainer which is the newest item that we that we acquired on in December of this last year. That was like the first thing that I actually like went out of my way and bought brand new that like that was a high expense and I was like okay now we're nothing really flipped it to pay to pay it off but like prior to that I was like just regular equipment and I was like okay well if we make this place look a little more professional we paint the walls uh, we start. Uh, make giving more light because it just had the, the one overhead light that the garage has and we don't own the house so it wasn't going to go and put new light fixtures on it was okay so we have better lighting and that's where we do the led lights and we have we paint the walls and that's where we painted the walls and we uh, organize it better to look more professional and everything like i think we can acquire new clients into the space like are we ready our current clients would go but you got to think about like what would a new person want to feel like when they're going into someone else's house, the place? Like, right. I'm I'm gonna say it like straight up, we're not cheap trainers. So like, as well as like our price, like, does this price really fit this kind of environment? And we just took a quick pivot. I was like, hey, let's do this. Let's make this place look super great. Let's make sure like all this equipment that I have, I flip it and get newer one that looks better quality. And we just gone from there. And it's yeah, it's. Social media, my, everybody might think like, oh, wow, he's so lucky. It's been so easy. But no, it's been, it's definitely been a fun, rough, all type of emotional roller coaster. Like we've had our times where we're like, man, do we want to keep this going? Should we do something else, like find a better, another job? Or can we acquire like leads just to our home? Like we've had our tons and tons and up and down. And I got to put this out there. I think the word lucky kind of gets like a negative connotation. And this might just be my cycle instructor. But I've learned that luck is really like when hard work meets opportunity. You make yeah. luck. We, mm -hmm. we make it happen. And there's been some opportunities that maybe have felt easier. And other ones where we had to grind like no other. We're in the middle of trying to grind like no other to make yeah. a project work. And it's... I think that's something that you've really done amazing with, with the National Personal Training Institute, is really preparing these students because 
when it comes to being a trainer, it sounds really easy. Like, I'm just going to yell at people and tell them what to do and make them sweaty and make them throw up. And then I'm great. And it's, oh, no, shoot. I actually have to, like, care about these people. I have to make sure I'm training them where they're at. And trainer burnout is extremely common. And it's not just, like, the first six months, the first year. It's you almost have to reassess over and over again of like, okay, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? Okay, we're going to keep going. Like, this is hard, but I want this to be my hard. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think just going back to, you're talking about going on Facebook market. So you guys have a uh, a garage gym. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I think we talked to our students about um, that being a viable way to, to create a business. Use your own garage. Use your own space. There's no overhead. I think the only thing that you might you know, pay more for is air conditioning in your case. You probably, uh, your bill's a little higher, but outside Gosh. of that, you know, it's just <laughs> yeah. acquiring equipment and, yeah. and what you're doing by going to Facebook marketplace is smart because a lot of people, they want all the shiny new objects mm-hmm. right, right from the get go and they spend way too much money and now they're, 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 they're struggling to pay off that yeah. loan if, if that's what they, they did. And a lot of people do that. They'll get like a business line of credit. Um, they'll buy all the latest, greatest stuff, shiny things, and thinking that's what their clients are going to want. It's not. They don't care about that. They don't go in and say, oh, this is uh, top-tier bumper mm-hmm. plates or this is low-tier bumper plates, even yeah. though you and I, when we see them, we're like, Dah. it's not it's not this brand. I would rather right. be lifting this brand. But we get a little bit like that as, as coaches. Yeah. I, I think, sorry to interrupt you, I think what we, we wanted to just make sure is that none of the equipment is going to fail on the, on the client. So... Uh, it's been really cool s- experiencing some equipment where it says like it's commercial grade, but you know it's like commercial home grade. Right. And you look at the quality, and it's like, okay, if you're gonna use this one time a day, great. You know, like home grade quality means you're probably gonna only use it one time a day. But realistic home grade is like someone buys it, they use it really well, maybe for six months, and then it becomes like a coat rack. Coat rack, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would say like, don't go out buy the fancy equipment. But also don't lowball it. Right. Um, really try to find a middle ground. I mean, like our squat rack, it's like a fitness gear squat rack. It's the uh, the uh, Dick Sporting Good brand. Yeah. Um, and I bought that used for the craziest deal, and you know, I I I've made it work, and like I ended up saying like, oh well. The only downside is like you can't add a lot of attachments to this. So I ended up buying a dip rack or a dip attachment. And I was super stoked. I was like, okay, I got this dip attachment. And I hooked it onto it. And then you do dips and the whole thing like pretty much wobbles really, even though it's like bolted down, it never wobbles for like heavy squats or heavy de- or heavy bench press. Like the, the, the squat rack is nice and firm for this dip system. It did not do well. So actually I don't even use the dip system with clients. I tried it once and I was like, uh, yeah, this is not great quality for this dip attachment. So it's just kind of it's just knowing those things. Uh, I had a bench that I that I got as I also acquired, and it was one of those like kind of foldable benches that take on little room. And I was like using it at first, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna use this quality for the clientele." But then I got a True Grit, which a lot of people um, think True Grit is lower quality. But yes, that's a commercial gym space. But for a home gym space, True Grit is really really good quality. Mm-hmm. Well, if it works, it works. I mean, obviously, safety is going to be something that's going to be yeah. in the back of your mind. But 
But going out there and spending the least amount you can to get decent quality is where you should start just to mm-hmm. keep costs down. And then as you make money, then to reinvest that into the stuff that you want. Yeah. yeah. It's you can just, always upgrade later. Always. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. our clients get excited, too, when we do add stuff. And so I think the most recent thing we added was from micro gains. We got oh, yeah, the 2.5-pound plates, which 2.5s, absolute bestie. We gotta love those. Them. Got mm-hmm. a hat of them. Yeah. And one of our clients, basically every single time we get a new piece of equipment, Tommy Mm -hmm. is the first person to be like, look at what I'm working out with today. Or (laughs) when we upgraded and got the Maverick Bar, which is an awesome company, I think pretty much every single one of our clients were like, I want one for my home gym. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're excited to see us grow as excited as we are. They might not fully understand, you know, the Cleva Bar or whatever, but they're, they're excited to grow with us. But it wasn't like... The first month we got all of this, this has been nearly two years in the making. Yeah, right. What would you tell people that that are thinking about doing something like that? The say coaches that want to use their own garage. What would you say to them? Mm-hmm. Where would you get started? What would you do first? What are some do's and don'ts? What have you learned along the way? I mean, if you have control over what house you're going to do, at, be aware of what way your garage faces, <laughs> right? And that might affect you know your train hours. We used to train all day. And we end up adjusting it to where we only train in the morning, at least right now during the summer, just because it's so doggone hot to where after a certain point, it's like after 1.30. That sun is just hitting straight our garage door. It just doesn't provide a good service. And that sounds like a silly thing, but there's little details of like, okay, realistically, I mean, if you have control of that, if you don't, then get creative. I think that's the biggest thing. You just got to be creative. I think be creative and I think just test it out like for example if you're if you if you have a garage like it's you you have you you have the space for it and you have a squat rack just start out with the squat rack the barbell um we don't have a full we don't have a full kettlebell set like our kettlebell set is one uh one nine pounder 220s 115 pound kettlebell one like 40 and 250s and a 35 that's all it that's it and multiple times, like in the beginning, I was like, okay, I need to get a full kettlebell set. I need two of each. And it's been in my mind almost since, like, okay, I need to get two of each. But, you know, they're like a dollar a pound if you buy them used. If you buy them brand new, they're more. But I realized, like, throughout trainings, like, I'm actually able to do a lot with the little bit I have. So let me just figure out all I can do with the little bit I have. And if I do need more, I'll get more. For example, I have a client. We got to a point where... We were loading up almost all our all our uh, bumper plates for his deadlift, and I realized, okay, now I need more bumper plates. So I waited till he was in the place to go heavier, and then that's when I made the order of more bumper plates. Uh, which earlier I could have been like, okay, we don't have enough bumper plates. I need to buy them now. But no, like I'm, I wait. I think it even took like three to four months before that client got to that place where, okay, we're maxed out of all the ones that we have. Let's actually get. More 45s, and I think I bought like eight 45-pound bumper plates that I found on a good sale. So yeah. it's just just start out with what you got, make it work, and if you absolutely, absolutely need something new, then go for it. Don't feel like you need everything, everything new right now. Yeah, I was literally talking about that yesterday in class that, you know, if you buy thousand foam rollers because you're going to sell a foam roller to every client and then no clients want foam rollers then you have a bunch of foam rollers like don't spend money that you you know don't spend money that you don't know if you're going to get back or not you know yeah so 
We talked about the uh, for shaker bottles. So well, okay. So between <laughs> the two of us, I will fully admit my fault. I want to spend all of the money. I'm like, let's buy an in body. Let's get T-shirts. Ooh. Let's get stickers. And he's like, whoa there. Yeah. And we have. A, I'm, the, we, I'm the I'm the very frugal, frugal. strategic. We have a saying that we say often. I originally started it for him, but it applies towards me, too. It's <laughs> when, not if. And I know for a fact, if he brings something up, it's not if. It's a matter of when it's going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. And It'll having happen. that mindset with a lot of stuff where it's like, I want to buy that in body right now. Okay, They're, they're nice, but they're expensive. They Ten are. grand. They are. Yeah. I'm a very expensive wife. Well, they have, they have cheaper ones. But, but not the one we want. I know, yeah. Exactly. They're not that great. I mean, so we'll, we'll have our clients go to usual nutrition shops that have those cheaper ones. Right. And they're kind of inconsistent. They don't really provide the data clear and properly or all everything that's potential. So, like, we really like the one that's one downgrade from medical. So you have, like, the medical one, which mm-hmm. is, like, I think, like, 18 grand or something. And there's the down one. And then the the one below that, which is like six grand, I want to say, is the one that's most common in nutrition shops. I think yeah. it's the in body five know the, seven. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, but I think it's the one that's at, that's at the gym. No, yeah. no, the gym has the the, the lower. S- no, the second to to best one. Is that so the one, the one yeah. that's like right below? Or uh, not the gym, but um, mobile MD. mobile MD. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Lifetime has that. Uh, I think that same one. They have mm-hmm. like almost the top yeah. of the line and. And everything yeah. in me is like, oh, my gosh, if we have it right now, we could utilize it so well. And he keeps me in check of, like, do we actually need that right now or could that money go elsewhere? Right. Would and it make s- the business money right now is what right. exactly. you're probably thinking. And it's mm-hmm. a discussion that, you know, he brings up a lot of, like, okay, it's not a right now thing and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be the hardest thing is if you're the type of person who wants to spend all of that money is keeping yourself in check. See, I'm lucky to where we can balance each other out of you know if he's too much in the clouds i can pull him down or if he's forgetting about something i'll be like hey you have this in a half an hour i want to spend all the money and he keeps me in check of like hey there's this cool thing called a budget that allows us to you know what's that spend money later yeah i'm still learning yeah so no it's funny yeah we had the conversation and it it really really comes down to that um don't buy some you're gonna get good deals in bulk don't go for those large bulk items right. because you you will get stuck with inventory. Yeah, I mean, one of my I had a business venture when I was in when I was in college that I did the same thing and like I have a bag with all these products that I probably should just put them on Etsy or something. But I thought it'd be a good idea just buy it all in bulk because I got a certain amount of sell and then I got stuck with this, this whole thing and and yeah. sales. Okay, I'm the worst at this as you know the target mom. I feel like if I see a sale, I have to jump on it because it's never gonna come back. Right, never. And it's there's <laughs> there's a very good chance it's gonna come back. Like TRX, they have how many sales a year between Memorial Day, Black Friday? Mm-hmm. It's it's really tempting to buy in the moment, but there's a very good chance in a couple months there's the same sale, if not a better one, coming up. That's yeah. the reason why everybody uses limited edition on their labeling. And then four years later, they're still selling the limited edition. That <laughs> It's for people like me. <laughs> they got you. They got me. You're, you're the target market. <laughs> Gullible. <laughs> but she knows it, though. Like, I think it's better to own it than not. I'm I mean, acknowledging it. Because yeah. she, can, she can work on it. So <laughs> So if you're like me, it's okay. Yeah. But there's a, back to the, like, the, the Facebook market, there's so much in the Facebook market. Oh, yeah. Um, people are try to go on a calendar and look for like the high moving times of the year because when people are moving and they're desperate to get rid of it, 
you're gonna find some amazing deals. Uh, I see I see problems. So for for those who are listening, like you're gonna see things like cardio machines are always they're always gonna want to match the the really close to like what they bought. So an echo bike or or a rower, um, concept two rower. You're gonna see it on the Facebook market, and someone's gonna say like. Well, you get to save taxes and shipping, so you can have like it's barely been used. It's a eight hundred dollar. I'll sell it for like six hundred, or no, not six hundred, like seven hundred. The only problem is like the warranty is not gonna transfer through right. at all. So that's where I like I didn't really negotiate them, and it's like, hey, warranty is not gonna they're not gonna go through. Like you've already used it, like you've had this up for like three weeks too in the post. Like no one's gonna buy. Like negotiate it down. Don't always go for the asking price because. People are trying to get rid of it. They're trying to move. There's a yeah. reason. So negotiated. Uh, we had a friend that she was trying to buy a, a, a cycle bike. And I went on the Facebook market to help her out. Told her, hey, this is a good one. She, like, offered, like, the exact amount. I was like, don't do that. Like, I promise you, negotiate it down. We, you can probably get this Kaiser bike that's 1000 bucks. She's selling it for 500 I think you can get it for, like, 350 And she was nervous. But then I told her what to do, and she did. I think she got it for, like, 350 <laughs> Nice. Yeah. Yeah, don't be That's afraid. Awesome. Don't be afraid. That's like the message to those listening. Like, don't be afraid. Negotiate it. It never hurts to ask. Right. And you won't know if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to you, to you talking about the in-body scanner, that just that, that struck that, that struck a nerve with me because in the last ten plus years, I've kind of got this new motto: it's buy once, cry once. I don't settle anymore <laughs> because you know if you're gonna buy that lower. <laughs> in body scanner and you get it in there you're like man but it would have done this and now you're going to regret getting it so for me i'm just going to stick it out until i do have the 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 revenue to buy something Mm -hmm. like that i think we should all live by that because you know and just buy a little flatbed trailer and drag it around and like (laughs) pull up in front of like vasa and say 10 bucks to do your in body because they charge 20 yeah that's true (laughs) that's true (laughs) you might be chased out of some parking lots with that yeah yeah you can get like the ice cream music. <laughs> like, drive, yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> yeah, but we we love it. We actually, it's funny enough. We actually st- that are we both started from Vasa. So yeah. oh, you did. Yeah, yep. Yep. That's it's, how we met. Yeah, that's Vasa how we met. Fitness. Really? Yeah, that's, that's how we awesome. met. That's like where we started as trainers. Was that in? Uh, you guys moved here from? Was it Utah? So we both started at Vasa in Utah. Um, I had been previously married. I joke all the time that he's my second husband. But I had moved out here. I'd well, originally it's not a been, joke. I am your second husband. You always joke right But I that. jokingly call you that, yeah. and you take it really well. <laughs> it makes me sound older and, you know, wise. But um, I originally started working for Vasa Fitness, you know, right out of college. And I just did it because I won a free gym membership. And then I was in training to do operations. And right when they offered me a location, my first husband got a job out here. And so we moved out here. Found out that Vasa was expanding to Arizona, so then I started working in Arizona. Long story short, didn't go into operations. Thank goodness, I would have hated that. And I became a trainer instead. And he and I actually met at a training in Utah where it was CFSC level two. And he came in and he was super grumpy and we just stayed connected. You, you were so was, grumpy. Yeah, I didn't want to be there that day. It was just life stuff. but It was life stuff, but it was kind of cool to be able to connect and see we had a lot of similarities when it came to training principles. And at that point, I had just barely... I had gone to a training for Vasa, but I would left Vasa, and I was jumping between working at EOS and FunkFit. 
And so it's been kind of cool seeing like the big commercial gym versus small mom and pop mm -hmm. to independent. Mm -hmm. And I don't, for me personally, I don't think I could have been independent out of the gate. Like I needed a little bit more of the, yep. the commercial space. And there's no right. shame if you have to start in the commercial space. But it's taught me enough to where I do feel more confident being independent. Not as confident as you. I'm still working on that. Yeah. I think it's a great place to start a commercial. I absolutely do. Especially uh, if they pay for certifications. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Take any and all. Yep, yeah, I agree. I think yep. her, her sorry, I think her story, though, is pretty cool. In, or not pretty cool, but a lot, of, a lot of people can probably relate to this because what you guys do in NPTI is amazing. You you do hands-on work to get them sort to get all your all your all your students certified. And your 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 motto is like not just certified but qualified. Right. And it's so important to be qualified cuz when she became a trainer, they gave her like 16 days or something like that to so get certified and then down. just jump in with like yeah yeah, break it down. It wasn't the best. So originally, like I said, I had been training for operations, and I went into the office to talk to the area director. And she looked at me and she said, I don't really think you're going to be good at that. So I think you'd be better in personal training. I'd like you to eventually be a team lead. So I'm going to give you a month to get certified. You can either choose, yeah, one month. You can either wow. choose ACE or you can do NASM, Ooh. one other one. It's up to you. Just get certified. But we just had a trainer quit, so you're going to follow her for three days. You're going to start teaching our Studio Red, and then you'll take on clients, and we'll just you'll just kind of just do it. I was like, okay, I'm not qualified for any of this. I just happen to work out, and I happen to lose weight. Like, that's just because you lose weight doesn't mean you can help other people. Right. A huge misconception online, which <laughs> I'm sure all of us have feelings about. Yes. Yeah. And so <laughs> I had <laughs> I had asked my then area, uh, my then, you know, lead team lead, like, OK, what do I do? Like, how do I learn from you? He's like, just follow Marcus Philly. And so I obsessively followed Marcus Philly, who's a past CrossFit athlete, which I do have a lot of respect for him. I learned a lot. And then I spent any and all money. I think it was well over close to three thousand dollars within the first year of any certification I could get because I did not get any of the support from the gym. They just gave me clients. I'm like, I'm not qualified for this. I can I can make you sweat, but you're telling me mm -hmm. you have knee issues and you you had a baby. How am I supposed to help you? And so I just paid it was in a the ton. book somewhere. It was probably in the book. Yeah, I didn't have time. They well, gave if you me read a full it, schedule. Then you know what you're doing. Yeah, right. right. Did you get certified <laughs> in that short amount of time? Yeah, I got certified in a month. From no. from what? Oh, from yeah. ACE. Oh, okay. So I was able mm -hmm. to pass the ACE test to where it was short term, but then I was like, okay, how do I actually retain and understand this information i don't want to mm. just memorize this like i it felt like such a big deal of like people's lives are in my hands and i know that sounds dramatic like i'm not a doctor i'm not a nurse but like these people are trusting me right to improve their quality of life gyms like that they you know they push that volume so you're just it's back to back you mm -hmm. thir uh, 30 minute sessions you know you don't really have a lot of time to do hands-on like explanation and coaching it's like all right, you got to go. Okay, we're going to start a quick little 15-minute EMOM, and then, uh, you know, then we're kind of done, basically, because you got you got foam roll for tw for eight minutes, uh, foam roll and stretch for, like, eight minutes, then, like, a, uh, active power warm-up, and then, like, a 15-minute EMOM, and then a cool-down, all in 30 minutes, and it's there's not a lot of time. So, um, you know, we admire, like, 
we'll go back a little bit like you know when i met you travis back in 20 man when did i meet you 20 end of 2020 or 2019 maybe no Cause no because it was, it was it was like right when things were slowly opening up but opening because you, you didn't COVID? move out here till 2020 yeah oh. you met me earlier but you didn't okay yeah, that's right i met you at, at funk fit because we can't we would come over there and do field trips with our students to, to have them yeah take a look at what that looks like i'd lovingly yell at everyone it was great yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so i guess, i guess it was 2020 because i came in and uh you were there one day uh during one of the field trips and mm-hmm. i was just talking to you and then uh, you said that that you did fms i'm like you did so you certified why don't you come in and, and and talk to our students about what functional movement screen is and, and then you came in um so that's where we met i guess it was a funk fit yeah yeah it was a funk fit but since that moment like when i came in i saw exactly what you were doing like i remember i went to renee and i was like oh my gosh this is like amazing like these these students are like getting everything all the information that they need like i wish i would have had that when i became a trainer like it would have been so helpful when renee became a trainer like i would have saved so much money if i yeah. knew who you were yeah <laughs> it saves so much confusion just because it's kind of like a one and a done as someone who's a very kinesthetic learner, reading from a book and just memorizing was so hard. And it's cool seeing, like, you have the different guests that come in, and you really try to cater towards different learning styles and the different mm-hmm. people that come in. Yeah. Well, that and we want to expose our, our students to as much as we can out there. And I think the, the most impa- impactful things is what I try to bring to, like, like I was talking to the night class, I think, on Wednesday. I'm not the right person to be talking about pre and postnatal. Because the women in there are going to look at me like, oh, what do you know? <laughs> you know, have you been there? <laughs> and, I, and No, I can't. So I can't speak to it like you can. So that's why uh, when when you mentioned what, what your 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 clients, your specific client that you like to work with was pre-postnatal, I was like, oh, can you come in? I don't like teaching this. <laughs> I'll be honest. That wasn't my original plan when I started training. When I started training, it was like, oh, maybe I want to – work with more athletes because one of my first certifications was CFSC. And I think that's a lot of trainers is you want to have like yeah. the extreme transformations or the athletes. It was sounds, me too. Sounds yeah. like a dream. Mm-hmm. And then when I was at FunkFit, they had approached me about doing a postpartum. I don't, I, I really think it might've been Jeremy's idea if we're being honest. Yeah. And so it was supposed to be me and two other trainers. And then somehow it turned into me, one other trainer, and then it turned into me coming up with a program and then the other trainer just happened to be there and I'd created this program and I thought it was okay. I didn't love it and it just felt really incomplete, but then it challenged me to really kind of dive into it. And naturally it's kind of like you attract the people that are in this similar season. Right. And so because I had had, you know, I've had two C-sections, I've had those transformations People are naturally curious of like, oh, how did you, quote, bounce back so fast? And then it's, okay, let me tell you everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, I've kind of fallen into this niche, but I love it. And yeah. I went from a place of I only want to, you know, train these big, burly, athletic men to, yeah. you know what, Luis, you can train the men. Like, let me hype up my women. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's that goes back to buying stuff that you don't need is sometimes that happens. You, you go, okay, I'm going to train this type of person. And then you find out you're better at doing this other, but you bought all this equipment for this, right? Mm-hmm. So that that goes back to that. So. Yeah, it does. And it was, I think, after that program that you, it felt so incomplete. 
that you went and uh, you looked into the postpartum and prenatal certification uh, and then more education behind it. I started shadowing yep. at Chandler PT. So any chance they would let me, there was a good couple months where like once a week I would go and shadow for a couple of hours and Eric Christensen over there, let me just pick his brain and be like a little duckling of what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that's happening? so important to, to shadow. And, and that's one of the prerequisites that we have in, in, in our school is you have to shadow because you're going to see things. Uh, you're going to hear people explain things and communicate differently than somebody else. And there's little things you can pick up from from each trainer that you can you can bring into your own style. Because mm -hmm. we had I think we had to do five hours when I went through the school and um, I was like, why are we doing this? And we had to have a, we had to fill out the sheet and have them sign it. But every time I did it. I was like, I learned a lot here. This is actually yeah. helping me immensely because you get to see these styles and everybody's mm -hmm. a little bit different. And by seeing somebody teach one way, you're like, I'm going to adopt that. Or you hear a cue that you never thought of. I'm using that. It's really cool. That's honestly one of my favorite things. When I hear new cues, I'm like, oh, man, how, do you, how did you come up with that cue? Why didn't I think of that? Yeah, it's like, so simple. The yeah. one that I heard the first week that I was in, in class was cracking walnuts. and I, I've used it since. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite. At the top, crack walnuts. And they, everybody knows what that means. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, crack walnuts. My recent one is stick your booty back like you're about to twerk. <laughs> and there's a certain age demographic where they're like, hey, and suddenly <laughs> that hinge becomes so much easier. Yeah, I've done that before. Twerking, yeah. very functional. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, no, shadowing is, I think, one of the best things. I, I mean, if you, I know, like, personal training and, and med school and all of that are obviously completely different. But, you know, when you go to med school and you're learning about the body and you're wanting also learn about, like, which paths you want to take, you got to go and, and shadow and put in some hours at different different mm -hmm. uh, areas. Yeah, different clinics, different areas. Yeah. And I think an uh, issue with personal training, like just the term personal training, we just think of, you know, the sweated out to lose weight. But there's so many avenues of personal training. Or Personal training, it's like an umbrella. And then o over that umbrella, there's so many different avenues in training. And going to shadowing and, and, and experiencing different different modalities different niches really opens your eyes into what truly personal training is because it's not just hey let's make you sweat let's cut down your calories so you can lose weight and there's way more to personal training than that well i think that's what most people think yeah is, you know, if you go to a commercial box gym i think that's people's impressions mm -hmm. of, of personal trainers i like to think of people as as coaches mm -hmm. coaches i think sounds better to me it sounds more professional so like a health wellness fitness coach I think that's what everybody who graduates out of our program is. Mm -hmm. And 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 one of the things that 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 creates that is we we dive deep. We don't just go sets and reps and and here's macros and here's nutrition. It's so much deeper. Like we went to a field trip on um Wednesday, OPT Fitness. It it I was seemed, I saw I saw it. Oh, no, it, you it keep was, going, but it was cool. It was it was um it was game changing for for some of the students. Because if you haven't been introduced to like the power of breath work or or contrast therapy, it is so incredibly good for you. It's just mm -hmm. with the the contrast, it's it's hard for people to get into thirty two degree water. But some people um, they they need to achieve these little milestones, and that's a fear. Mm -hmm. That thirty two degree water is a fear for me. I don't like it, <laughs> but I always feel better when I do. It's just like a, a workout, right? Yeah. But that was just a, one component of, of Wednesday. The other one was breath work. And we had some breaks mm -hmm. in, in the class. We had some emotions come up. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's pretty wild to see that. You know, like, 
when I was doing, I was starting to feel that euphoric and we were doing power breathing. I've done it before. Uh, I've seen people cry after it, during it. It's really, really good for not just you, but your clients. And if you can get your clients to, to, you know, work on their parasympathetic nervous system, get back, mm-hmm. you know, instead of being in that, that general, rest and relax rather than fight and yeah, fight, 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 or fight. Yeah. yeah, that stress adaptation curve. You're always going down, digging that hole deeper. How do we get back? How do mm-hmm. we get to a sustainable point in our lives with health where, where things start to fall into place, your mental aspects, your physical aspects, your, your production in life? How can we, how can we be a better parent? It takes that kind of stuff to get there. Otherwise, you're just going lower. You're digging that hole deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when uh, as coaches, when we get a client, oftentimes that I, li- I like to look at clients as like onions in the beginning. How big is this onion? How many layers do we have to go to get you right. to to understand that this is what's what it's going to take, but also sustainably. Mm-hmm. You know, it's peeling back that onion. What what makes you tick? Why are you so stressed? How can we alleviate that stress? I'm not a doctor, but there's a lot of holistic things we can do that most trainers don't even think about adding to you know to to their education to help their clients it's so much more than sets and rips and i think a lot of people think that's all it is it, we have to almost kind of redefine what it means to be a trainer because i guarantee you anytime we tell someone we're personal trainers oh my gosh well i work out x amount of times a week mm-hmm. oh my gosh i ate this and like literally i don't care do you do the same thing when someone says you're a dentist? Do you tell them your brushing schedule? No. But for yeah. some reason, there's almost like these walls that are built up of defense. Yeah. Automatically, right. even like if you're not a client, if you're just someone mm-hmm. I know in passing. And I think the term coach definitely can help. And it's you're you hit it on the head of there's so many different avenues that you can go. And even between the two of us, like Luis has a better understanding of bodybuilding than I do. I will fully admit it. But when it comes to understanding people's relationship with food and relationship with fitness, you know, the feelings, I'm the feelings coach, 100%. He's more of the logic and being able to bounce off of each other. Mm-hmm. But it's there's so many different avenues you can go with fitness. If you do want to be a transformation coach, that's awesome. I hope you're able to do it out of a place of motivation and not humiliation for your clients. But that's not the only avenue. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and that's why we try to expose our client or our, our students to to like OPT. We had uh, you guys know Sky Neurokinetic Therapy. She comes in. That's another tool if they want to utilize it. They can. They can help people uh, in a greater way than they can without that knowledge. But most trainers don't even know that exists. They don't know that you know contrast therapy is a good thing. They don't know breath working is a good thing. And then it comes down to like like your specialty pre postnatal. I don't know that. If I had somebody and I have as a coach come up to me that that's had some kids and they've got weak pelvic floor, they got rectus diastasis, they got all kinds of things going on. I'm like, you know what? I Let me introduce you to somebody. I'm not your person. It you, was, I think it opened a lot of people's eyes. And Josh, you were part of one of the classes. <laughs> <It> was. Of, <laughs> I came in and I took med balls and we saran wrapped every single one of those students. Yeah. You could tell who was really excited and you could tell <laughs> who really did not like me. And I frankly did not yes. care. And I encourage them to try anything and everything. Are you supposed yeah. to bench really heavy when you're pregnant? No, but also there's nowhere in books that give you a specific time of how long you can lay on your right. back. And so mm-hmm. I encourage people to try everything. Are you going to tell your client to do muscle ups with a pregnant belly? No, but did people try it? Yeah, see how it feels. Like well, I want I, you to I gain th- a better understanding. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was fun, but was I was hilarious. pretty much used to having that in front of <laughs> like, this isn't anything new. <laughs> well, we had one student that was bound and determined to do a muscle up. I remember that. <laughs> he, he, it was he, messy. Was it Terrell? <laughs> no, it was uh, Thomas. 
Oh, Thomas. Yep. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to get a muscle. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. And if you do, I'll, I'll be so impressed. But no, yeah. it's it's awesome because you're, you're coming in, uh, was it next Wednesday? Next Wednesday, yeah. Coming yes. in Wednesday, yeah. Yeah. They don't know what's going to hit them. Especially when you bring out the yeah. balloons. I'm like, yeah, we're, what are we doing with balloons? We're going to blow them up and just do knock some, them around like a, you know, like. And do some breath work. Them. I think that's what. what uh, a little yeah. bit of pragmatic breathing. Yeah. 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 But those are that's things. a good intro. Those are things like. That when you became a trainer, you had no idea like that postpartum and prenatal like training was an avenue. Like when I became a trainer, I didn't know really like that mobility and rehab was an avenue. Like I remember I became a trainer and my mindset was, oh, cool. I'm a trainer. I'm going to help people lose weight. That's kind of like what personal training is. And it's it's taken years. uh, I mean, like five years that, that I've been a trainer, too really recognize the different avenues really pick up on on my niche like she just said you know like i'm better at bodybuilding but i'm, I'm not a bodybuilding coach i know the principles i know how to um do a good program where there's enough hypertrophy where they're going to gain muscle like i know i know all those things but like i've discovered my avenue of training and it's like the movement quality the mechanics of movement because right mechanics of movement are said in a book but applied is totally different um we're also really picky and we tell all of our clients we are not weight loss coaches yeah our methods may help you go to weight loss but if that is your only your sole focus this might not be a good fit yeah and it's been scary kind of setting that boundary oh my gosh so scary because it's like sadly we've given up a lot of potential um clients and right. we've referred them out yeah we actually we love doing that we, we've reached out actually reached out to several of the students and say hey what's your email like what, what are you taking in clients i got somebody that's looking for this and um i i, I believe in that referral out but when you start finding your niche you you want to stick to that niche you're gonna have a, a lot of other opportunities and i think in the beginning of training yes take all the opportunities experience it it's like it's like going and testing out different foods to see really what you like best but then develop your niche because you want to become really, really good. You want to become a professional. If if I've if I've coached and helped over a thousand hours of someone helping them how to squat properly with different femur lengths, with different knee joint problems and hip problems, ankle problems, and I put that in, and I'm like I've done it over and over again. I tell them, hey, I'm, I promise you, I can help you squat better without any back pain, knee pain, hip pain, ankle pain, and I'm constantly working on those mechanics and reading their body. To not just give them okay you every squat has to be perfectly 45 degrees feet with your your with your with your stands right outside your shoulders and you just got to do that like that's not how it works you start really finding what's the mechanic for that person you become a professional yeah and people are going to want to reach out to that professional you'll also and something i'm really impressed with is you had a client let me i'll probably mispronounce it she had eds Mm -hmm. and you flat out told her like i don't have a ton of experience with this but i can look into it Mm -hmm. And that's one of the scariest things when you're starting off is admitting your limited information. Right. I mean, don't don't degrade yourself, but it is completely okay to say, I don't have a full understanding, but I'm going to understand this. And you did you learned a lot about EDS and I it helped you better understand when it came to the joints and mm-hmm. you know, tying into your the squat mobility, yeah. And because she was willing to take a chance, there was a huge amount of benefit. But I think it's okay to admit your weak spot without giving a million disclaimers in the beginning there's no way you're going to know everything you're just not i i did that when i started uh as a as a coach after i graduated the same school uh that we now run it's 
I, I came out with a, a tremendous education, but there was still stuff that, that popped up on my radar. I'm like, I don't remember how to deal with someone like you. You know, I, I had a guy who, who uh, he raced dragon boats. You know what those are? Dragon like in, boats? In Portland, they're the long mm-hmm. boats, and you've got a team of like, I don't know, 12, oh, yes, 16 I know. people. I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, he was also a schizophrenic, and he was on medication. And when we first started on a row machine to warm up one time at 24, his heart rate was already like 180. And I'm like, hey, man, are you on meds? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, what is your resting heart rate? We need to find out what that is. <laughs> yeah. He's sweating, turning red, and he he was only like a minute into it. Just a wow. really nice, easy warm-up. But getting back to um, what we were saying, I think as a coach, you have to determine how good at this job you want to be. Do you want it to be a part-time job, or do you want to be a professional at this? Because there's two, those are two different avenues. Mm-hmm. If you just want, to, want this to be a part-time job, and work at a box gym, then, then by all means, get that certification. But if you want to be professional, you want to change more lives and help more people and, and, and be rewarded more, because I think this is the most rewarding field on the planet because you can help people in ways doctors can't. Um, you need, I think you need to determine where you want to go with this. And if this is what you want to do, get the best education you can starting off. But what, the other thing I can say about pre-postnatal is as a coach, you will 100% have that demographic. You're mm-hmm. going to. <laughs> unless it's, you work yeah. with men only mm-hmm. you're going to have pre postnatal women you need to know how to deal with that you need to know what happens after childbirth you need to know what the contra the indications contraindications mm-hmm. of the first second and third trimester you need to know these things otherwise you're just throwing darts in the dark and you might be hurting this person instead of making them better oh yeah and that's not even taking into consideration the hormone aspect uh postpartum your body's still adjusting that quote fourth trimester is freaking hard because on top of everything you now have a completely delicate vulnerable person recovering whether it was a vaginal birth a c-section it's you're taking this person who basically feels like they're in a foreign body and you're helping them remember who they are and a stronger version of them and it's extremely common for me to have people cry in sessions and have these moments of breakdown either, either because they're surprised that they're able to do something or they're wanting progress to happen so much faster. And, you know, sometimes I just want to be like, come on, you got to get over it. And then I remember like, shoot, no, I remember that time you're going through it. So there's been sessions where I've had to adjust it. And okay, we had something on the program. You emotionally do not need that today. Let's help you feel strong. Other days, they have a little bit extra where it's like, whoa, there, chill out. Let's take a moment. But postpartum has been so much more of like, who is a person who's in front of me? And how do I coach them with the body and the mind they woke up with today? Because you can create the perfect program, but it might not be the perfect program for them in the moment. And we've talked a lot about, you know, AI and chat GBT, and it can be intimidating and It can also be fun to go in there and see what random stuff you pull up. (laughs) But that's truly what makes you irreplaceable is ChatGPT can make a really kick-ass program. But it's not going to replace the fact that I've built these connections and I've built this trust. And they know for a fact that I have their back and I'm going to help them on good days and bad days. ChatGPT is just a bunch of really fun text. Well, it's just like learning from a book, like, you know, that hands-on. You you could build the program in ChatGPT, but then... They can't do the workouts because they don't know how to move, you know, so that hands on again goes back to showing them how to do it right and not just do it following the workout. 
Well, well, the internet has hundreds and hundreds of free programs. I think Reddit. Any, yeah, Reddit. I mean, any anybody that really just wants a program can go in and get it. Yeah. But there's something different when you hire a coach, not mm-hmm. just because you have someone there to watch you how to move, but like the commitment of hiring someone. It's like I'm investing in in this, so I'm gonna put my attention into it. All right, I'm gonna put my all effort. Uh, I, I currently have a, a, a client that. Uh, he's had a lot of life things come up. He just got a new internship. Um, he actually just found out they're going to have a baby. And he was just like, he just messaged me saying, hey, man, I'm going to have to cancel. And I have a I have a good strict cancellation policy. Like I do. I'm like, I stick to it. I stick to it. I stick to it. But I told him like, hey, man, I'm not like I keep my clientele long term because I'm not here just for the free money on a cancellation. Like, I'm here to help you. I was like, I know you had life come up. I understood it. I get you. You just find out you had a baby or you're going to have a baby. You you just got a new internship that the schedule wasn't like promised. I was like, I want to save these two sessions for you. Like, I want to make sure we complete them. It's so important for me to have you come back and, and get what you invested in. So I told him that and like, that's not what he was expecting. He was almost expecting like, okay, I lost it because of cancellation. It's like, no, like I want you to still hold yourself high accountable to that, that rate that you paid. But also know like I'm not a corporate that is just excited to just get, let the, the free money come in. I'm, I'm a person directly that wants to help you because we also know what it means to have things come up in your life. We also know what it means to, you know, have, I don't know. I don't know if this podcast is, 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 you know g-rated but like no, shit not. hit the fan like <laughs> we forget so much uh that life gets chaotic that it's never gonna be perfect exactly like social media makes it like be, per- be perfect so you the coach are gonna make the biggest biggest difference because again you get it from chat gpt you can easily wave it off you, if you get the program from reddit you can easily wave it off if you get a coach like and the, the coach wants to hold you accountable and truly truly cares he's gonna do that He's going to be, yeah, okay, we do have a policy, but the policy is just so that people don't, you know, make it seem like it's not important. But at the same time, like, I'm the owner of our business, and I care about the people that come to to me. Like, I can make some changes. And for me, yeah. it's more important to say, hey, I'm going to waive a few things in this policy because it's more important for you to come in, finish these sessions out, than just, just wave it off. Right. There's another demographic that we joke about having that's extremely common and We've had a lot of people going through divorce or mm-hmm. right after they finish divorce and where it's literally they're coming out of a dark tunnel. And there's been times where we've had to be more flexible and, you know, we have to be really careful in setting a certain boundary of like, OK, I understand this time you have to bring your kid. Other times you can't. And so I think that's probably one of the hard things that we've had to navigate is being human, but creating the boundaries important of I call it, how do I lovingly call you out? Like, how do I support you, but also know when to pull back? And I was, because I'm nosy, I over listened <laughs> to that call. <laughs> and you had so much empathy, sympathy in that moment, because it's instead of, you know, let me get your money, it's how do I meet you where you're at? And if you're able to do that as a coach, you're going to stand out. Uh, how do you meet the clients where they're at? Yes, I would love to make all my clients do burpee box jumps. But, you know, maybe it's just actually now I hate burpees. I think they're useless. <laughs> um, but it's helping them rise from where they're at. 
And even I think there's a hard balance sometimes, too, of knowing how much you can push people. And that's something we've also had to learn of when we've been kind of too friendly in the beginning of, okay, how do I readdress this to where I can kind of push you outside of that comfort zone? So creating boundaries, at least for me, that's something I'm still trying to learn of. How do I be your friend? But also you paid me to be your coach. So like, (laughs) this is your coach time. Well, this is these are some of the things that make a good coach. What you're talking about right now is 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 having like that client come in and and being completely stressed out or just being not present. And on your on your plan, you've got heavy deads on that day. Probably not a good idea. When I was a coach, I would offer if I saw that there was two things I would do. I would offer us like, hey, we can go out back right now. I'll give you that eight pound sledgehammer and get it out of your get it out of your system, or we can just do a stress sesh. But right now, we're not going to do what's on my on your on the program today it's not for you we're just going to drive you deeper into that sympathetic Mm -hmm. state we want you to rebound you know so oftentimes you just have to you have to pivot it's not what's what's on the program today doesn't have to happen unless they're in that place for it to happen so Mm -hmm. i think that's really that's 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 compassion that's that's knowing that's being a professional that's that's being able to connect on a personal level with with your with your uh, clients because i think in a 30, 30 minute model that we have a lot in these big commercial gyms, there's not a whole lot of time for a workout or to even connect. Um, there's it's, not. It's, it's a turnstile is what it is. You, I, I think if I was, if I bought training for 30 minutes, I would just feel like just a number or feel like, uh, you know, a, a piece of livestock or something <laughs> like, okay, that was 30 minutes. All right. Now they're talking to the next person. I had a question. And this goes back to if you're a coach and you're working with somebody that hour what I always offered is you don't have me for that hour. You have me when you need me outside of that hour. I am always available if you have any questions. Don't think I'm going to charge you more. This is a part of the package. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had people text me super late about meal decisions or choices. I've had people, you know, contact me <laughs> about. Just had that been last night. It was literally last <laughs> night. <laughs> you get like a picture. It was like, a, should I have this? What? What's can I it? have this? Does this fit in? Stressing <laughs> out like, no, no, you, you have your protein shake. Yeah. I've seen your macro. Please eat food. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, but these are these are some of the good qualities of a of a real good coach and somebody that um, this is how we should be as coaches. And no AI app is going to like no. be able to replace that. There's no, there's it's not going to happen. I mean, there's I I follow some powerlifting uh, pages and there's a really great powerlifting app uh, called Juggernaut Juggernaut uh, AI, and it creates an amazing mm-hmm. program for powerlifters. I mean, the mindset of powerlifters is totally different than the mindset of an everyday mom and dad. Uh, or a grandparent or just someone that like is just trying to go throughout their day and move better feel better whether they they have pain or they don't have pain or they just they know they don't they don't have the self-will to go to gym by themselves so they'll pay that's totally different like if i was if i was competing yeah okay i'm gonna go shoot for an an ai program maybe because it's just gonna like read my numbers and then kind of pre-predict what i got to do next and all that i think that's phenomenal but if you are looking to just do more to connect and it, it come back down to like the avenue of training, the niche of your training, who you want to be able to like reach to. We're not reaching the one percenter. We're, we're reaching like the, I'd say ni- the 80, the, the 80%. Yeah, yeah. The 80%. And, and even between the two of us, like we've swapped clients mm-hmm. of he's had two clients that were pregnant. So he's like, okay, you know, I can train you. I think my wife would be better. It's your turn now. Here we go. I had a client who just wanted to be online. I was like, I don't want to do online training. And she wanted to lift heavy. And so I was like, Hey, perfect. You take her. And so we've done swaps back and forth. There's someone I'm handling her nutrition, but he's handling her strength training. And even between us, it's realizing, okay, where are we strongest? 
slash where do we want to coach? When it comes to feelings, he's the one coach feelings, and that's okay. Nope, I set my boundaries really early. <laughs> I was like, I'll take a little bit, but like, no, I'm not the feelings coach at all. I'm oh. proud of you. It's good. You we need the balance. Strike me as a feelings coach. No way. <laughs> he is the hugger between the two of us. Yeah. He hugs everyone. Yeah, I'm, I'll listen, and I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, like I understand. Like it, it, things, like I said, things happen. Life hits the fan or whatever, but you know, that's right. his feelings this, right there. This <laughs> is time. This is not your time. And then I'll ask him like, "What do you feel like you need?" But from there, like, I'll go directly into like providing service rather than okay, let's let's talk a little bit more. Let's do some stretching. Let's do some this and like hear things out or whatever. Like, I'm not. I don't let the boundary of a therapist happen in 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 my in my coaching hours. And a lot of trainers are gonna find themselves like therapists because oh, we're yeah. we're cheaper than a therapist. And we're also cheaper than a physical therapist. Yeah, as well. So we're kind of used as both sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But I like I cut that bound because it's heavy. It's heavy. Yeah. I was going to say that um, one thing is nobody reckon like realizes like how much energy it takes to coach until you have four or five hour long sessions in a row. And imagine if you have three out of those five that are very like emotional, not only like you have to deal with the coaching aspect with the emotional and then by the end of the day like where's your own personal energy yeah, you know it's draining to us as well but mm -hmm. but on the other hand too sometimes that's what they need it is and that's where she comes in that's and why. and yeah. i won't and i won't like i won't um you would do the emotional stuff if i wasn't there but because you know you can delegate it you do I, yeah but i was gonna say like i won't treat them different but i mean like i early in the sessions i set the expectation where i'm not gonna be a emotional release does that make sense sure so if you early in the sessions you allow that to happen that you're gonna see that more often so if you get a new client and you allow those emotional releases to to happen frequently in the sessions that's gonna happen more frequently throughout if you don't allow those those to frequently happen, you're going to have less of it. So, And that's Renee, where it depends on the coach. Yeah, and Renee is amazing with her postpartum, so she allows that to happen. She, yeah. she, she wants that to happen. It's actually almost part of the, part of the being a postpartum coach. For I'm me, okay creating the space yeah, for it. For me, I, I try not to. Um, I, I allow a little bit of it just to understand what's going on in their lives so I can know like where to take the program. But not like I, I'm not going to be an emotional release in my hour. And it sounds harsh, but again, you got to set boundaries because those boundaries right. is it's what's going to be the burnout. A lot of coaches are going to get burned out really, really early if they don't set boundaries yep. through their avenues. And in the beginning of like, you just get certified, you know what? Go figure everything out. Don't even set any boundaries. Like, experience it all. And then maybe you can start setting some boundaries as you exit where you started. Because I don't think if you're a coach, um, especially from NPTI program and you go into an EOS, I don't think you should be an EOS coach for the rest of your career. I really think like you should go in there, experience it all, and then step out, really get outside your comfort zone or find better avenues that will treat you better. And then when you start in that new place, then you can set the boundaries. Wow, I had all these kind of clients that did this and I don't want that. I don't I don't have mm -hmm. time for that. I don't have energy for that. At the new place I'm going to be training at, these are kind of going to be my boundaries and my standards. And that keeps you as a healthy coach long term. And you have to assess that often. You do. Because I feel like if you're starting to feel burnt out, you've kind of let it go too far. And that's hard to, at least for me, I'm a highly emotional person. If you haven't caught on to where I carry things, whether it's grudges or emotions, I yeah. carry it all. And yes, it's allowed me to be the coach I am to where people do feel safe. 
But then it's, if I'm noticing that I'm feeling burnt out, then it's shoot. Okay. How do I avoid the point where I lose passion? And we discussed it to where I think there's two levels of burnout. There's the, I feel tired. I just need a break. I've lost passion. Let's burn this thing to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of people in the beginning experience that. It's it's very normal to, to experience burnout. I I did before where I had a, my uh, my child. Um, it was just full speed. I took every single hour I could. There was days I was working eleven, twelve hour days. Um, even at uh, twenty four hour fitness where I started, I was like, oh, there's no reason for me not to be here at six a.m. There's no reason for me not to to leave before eight p.m. Mm-hmm. And I was emotionally <laughs> drained. I wasn't working out much. There wasn't time. I'd go home at lunch. I wouldn't work out. I'd go home and, and go take a nap and then caffeinate up for the for the second part of the day. And it was Groundhog's Day every day. And on the weekends, I was trying to play catch-up, sleeping in. And then, you know, Mondays weren't bad. But when I went independent, it got even worse because I was bringing in even more people. Hmm. And how do you say no to helping more people? But also what comes along with that is, you know, you're financially a little bit better off when you're independent I shouldn't say a little. You're significantly oh, yeah. more better off. Right. And uh, once you do that, now there's even more responsibilities. You're your own business. Exactly. Now you've got overhead. You've got insurance. You've got you've got scheduling. You've got your you're, intake forms. You're, you've got you're your own HR though as well. And your HR. Your HR. Like you, you know, you if you work for a box gym, like there's a lot of things that you don't have to worry about. You don't have to worry about you know yeah. payment cycles. You don't have to worry about the insurance, like you said. Uh, you don't have to worry about, you know, they, they get mad about something, like you refer them to front desk. Unless it's directly with you because you did something awful, you should take ownership. But yeah. if they get mad something within, like, the gym process, the rates, whatever, you just, hey, go talk to front desk, or there's this number. That that's, that doesn't happen anymore. You become independent. You're, you're everything. Um, and people wonder why there's certain trainers that aren't in a perfect physique. And this is exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly 100%. Yeah. Why. It's trainer doesn't yeah. need to have a six pack to be legitimate. It's consider nope. how many you just described a typical trainer schedule, especially in the beginning of you're giving your entire day, your entire life. You're lucky if you fit in a protein shake and maybe a Taco Bell burrito midday. And it's so annoying to see that, well, you know, that trainer's not fit. They're not legitimate. Like, you know, maybe they're just dedicating their entire <laughs> right. life towards yep. their clients and their, their family. Energy to their clients. The, the so, maid's yeah. house is the dirtiest. That's, that is true. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I just had to give that soapbox moment. <laughs> no, it's true. And um, here, here's the thing that it's been really, so I love independent, being an independent trainer. I love it doing it in our home. I think it's one of the biggest blessings, like we said, we've had. You get to a point of growth, and it's not like we're just booming and have these phone calls all day, like for people to 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 train with us. But as we've gradually grown, we t- we retain our clients long term. We're we're trainers that our clients like to be with us long term, not just a three month phase or six month phase. So we've had clients for almost two three years that we've same ones that we've been training, but we've gradually add more and then more. And we've gotten points to our schedule where we're like, okay, well, if we want to go to California or Colorado and we take this week off, this is going to be a big financial cut because it. although, we yeah, we took the payment and the early in the month we do packages and everything, I'm big into making sure books and everything is really correct. And I can't just pay myself as soon as they send their bun- they give us their, their big bundle. I have to pay myself or ourselves as we fulfill the sessions. So if we take a week off and there's 25 sessions in that week, that's that's a huge thing that we have to go back and make yeah. up. It's a huge it's a huge uh, um, loss in a way you can say 
if I have to hold out a payment and say, hey, because we have so many makeup sessions because we took this week off, I'm going to take three sessions off your next so that way we don't we don't fall behind. So there's this like there's this balance of like, oh, it's amazing to do it on your own and from your home. But then when you start growing and it's your, your, your schedule starts to become more consistent and it's consistent, and it's consistent. And then you want to take some time off. That time off is really, really hard. It's really, really difficult. Or even if you get sick. Like or if there you get was, sick, yeah. For his birthday, for some oh, reason, every so single bad. one of us in the house got sick. And so it was a good week of, okay, well, we have to take time off, but I still need to be an online coach. We don't really know when you can come back. But also some people are really weird about germs, so we have to explain, like, I don't think we're contagious. And so it's it's that kind of fun balance. But luckily, because we have trained people for such a long term, they are really understanding. Mm -hmm. Like every so often, Luis is pretty open that he'll get burnt out from 5 a.m., and he's had a couple of clients where he's like, hey, can I train you at this time instead? And they're flexible enough to understand of doing a switch. Yeah. And yeah. So we, I'll be like, hey, for this week, I need some, I need a 5 a.m. break because 5 a.m. for for me is not like I wake up out of bed and right there. Like I got to prep the gym, get the AC going, get the lights on, all that. So it's like 430. But during the summer, because it takes an hour for the gym to cool down, I wake up at four. So I wake up at four, turn on both AC units get the gym to cool down uh in case if we left a mess when we worked out or whatever you know i gotta organize it and then yeah it adds up it adds up and then we got kids that you know might wake up in the middle of the night so i would tell them and say hey this week is like i need a i need a 5 and 6 a.m break are you okay training this saturday and i go oh, yeah yeah we'll do saturday or are you or hey it's not gonna be that hot around the 4 p.m are you okay training at 4 p.m and i'll just push the ac on till 4 p.m which i'll it's worth doing it for one week. Which we'll put out there in case that didn't make sense. We only train Monday through Friday, 5 a.m. to about noon. And so we reserve Saturday as a makeup session mm -hmm. day. Okay. Yeah. Which has been huge. Sunday is an absolute no. We don't train anyone on Sundays. Right. But Saturday, it has helped having that flexibility safe. Like for the weekend, if there is something else we need to do, great. I'll do a couple of specialty sessions with my clients of, okay, you can come in and we'll do cupping. But we've been, it's taken us a while to be able to build that of, okay, we only work Monday through Friday, only in the morning, sometimes outside of these hours, which mm -hmm. also turn into there's some people that we've had to refer out because it's, you know, I understand you want a 3 p.m. slot, but a 3 p.m. slot in the summer means you're going to be working out in a 80 degree to garage, and that's not good for anyone. Yeah. And I think you can't be afraid of having a good network of other trainers being intimidated by it some of my closest friends right now are trainers it's where we pick each other's brains but also we're not afraid to be like hey i have this client she doesn't work can you work with her and vice versa like you said he's even done it he had mm -hmm. one client that reached out realized it wasn't a good fit and there were two people that came to mind of like hey this might work for you well that's smart right. i think ultimately we want to work with the people we want to work with and not just mm -hmm. settle like we do in the beginning as, as a coach you're going to get people from all demographics mm -hmm. all walks of life they're not all going to fit your purse, your 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 energy, and, and vice versa. And it's good to get to that point where you've got you don't wake up in the morning going, "Man, I got this person today. This person's a like an energy <laughs> vampire," and you'll get those. <laughs> and you're like, "Oh man, now I've got this person." After that, it takes a while to get that point, but once you do, you are so incredibly satisfied because you 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 relate to these people on a deeper level. It's not anybody that you don't want to train because in the beginning, as an independent, you're going to take everybody. Mm -hmm. that's what i what i did i think that's what everybody does you're mm -hmm. like i just yeah i've got this time slot you want it cool it's yours 
and then you start to regret that choice. You're like, well, man, you're not really for me. Yeah. So at that point, having having these connections, having these networks with other trainers, yes, we're competition, but look at the big picture. If I send you somebody, that's going to look good for that client that, hey, I don't think I'm a good ma- good ma- uh, match for you. I've got somebody else who I think can help you on a deeper level. And then from you or you, say you have a client that you feel the same way, and you're like, well, I know somebody's name's Travis. I think you would you would fit with him better, you know. And now you start feeding each other. It's mm-hmm. a network. It's it's you do the same thing with chiropractors, LMTs, trainers, mm-hmm. NeuroConnect therapy. Mm-hmm. You name it. You create these networks, and everybody's going to help each other. So it's not all competition, even though it's easy to look at it that way. It it's, shouldn't be. It shouldn't be competition. It's a lot easier once you start seeing other trainers as collaboration. There's some people you want to do big collabs with and others might be a little bit more limited. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of hard when I first stepped into the gym. Uh, there was another trainer that was pregnant at the same time as me. And there was another trainer that was pregnant shortly after. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are my competition. And I realized that you're completely different genre. Mm-hmm. Y'all are great trainers in your own way. But why am I focused on how you're better than me? When it's like, you guys just have different things to offer and that's okay. Some of your clients, oh my gosh, we would clash or you would think I'm psycho. (laughs) So it's switching that mindset of like competition to collaboration, I think really helps too, especially if you're someone who self doubts a lot. It's you're going to put yourself through a lot more worry if you're so busy comparing yourself to other people and seeing competition. Where there doesn't really need to be any. And in the beginning as a trainer, I thought that I, I really did. I thought like. I thought that even my coworkers were competition. Um, I remember when I, when I was getting certified to be a trainer for the first time, I actually lived really far from that gym. I had moved, so I had I'd been working in one in one in one Vasa. I'd lived really close, but then I moved really far because I didn't like the city. And I finished my certifications, finished the um, what was it called the internship? internship? Yeah, I finished the internship program, and I had like. The choice to stay in that gym where I did everything, and I really liked my coworkers, and I, I didn't see them as competition, but I had the other choice to transfer to another Vasa that was closer to the location that I moved to, and I was just so afraid. I didn't know much about training, and I was like, "Oh, but you know, move there. Like, I don't know the trainers there. Like, we're gonna have kind of probably this competition going on. Like, mm-hmm. it was really intimidating at first, and it taken years, like." to learn that like learn that other trainers are not competition at all uh and that no other trainer is better than you are like we're all learning together like our education continues the education hopefully of a trainer that i think it's better than me is continuing because there's someone else that has a higher education or higher um um experience than they do none of us are all should be should be competition and the the second you start recognizing that you're gonna you're gonna thrive in whatever gym because the gym when like the gym at first that was the scariest thing for me to do and Renee might have not seen it because I'm I'm a, like I hide my feelings in a way like I keep the straight face I'm confident with what I'm gonna go but in a way it was still scary because I didn't know anything about independent training nothing no one taught it to me I didn't even know that there's an opportunity out there and when I got the gym membership brand like you know the place had just opened up our finances weren't even that great and i was like okay well i'm gonna do this like let's just do it and then i got the gym membership and i didn't know like what to really do so i was like i was just working out there and then i was seeing all these other trainers already like after a few weeks already training people there and i'll tell her like 
wow, like there's this trainer that has always has clients at this time. And this other trainer always has clients. Like, I don't have any clients. I'm just working out there. Like, like how do I do this? No one taught it. And it took, it took time. It took networking. It took, um, you know, really getting to know the owners. Like Ernie helped me a ton in the beginning. And it took recognizing like the field is, is more than just the certification that you got. Mm -hmm. Well, being an entrepreneur isn't for everybody. Mm -mm. If it's something you're passionate about, you, 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 I mean, you got to hit it hard. You've got to learn by your mistakes because there's going to be mistakes. You've got to learn by those. You've got to seek out mentors that have, that are where you want to be, pick their brains because we're all here to help. I mean, I, I can, you've probably had other trainers talk to you or even some of the people from our school that have shadowed you picked your brain. Like where did, how did this begin? Maybe they've asked you what you would have done differently. Um, we're all here to help and serve each other. And I liked it. And for us, it's, it's, there's nothing more gratifying than seeing a graduate get out and, and put and implement the things that we've taught them and then become a, a successful independent mm-hmm. trainer. Cause it's not easy. Right. We got, of course, when I went through the school, there's a lot of business. It set me, it, it helped me and, and guide me to what I needed to do and, and implement in, in a specific order to build my business. And then, it was scary, like like you were saying. When I went from 24 to the studio at uh, in Portland, that was it. Took me a month to make up my mind. I was asking other trainers that were at the studio, like, "Hey, man, if you were me, would you do this?" And like, "How many clients do you have?" I'm like, "I got like 45, 50." And they're like, "What are you waiting for?" I'm like, "Is that enough?" <laughs> it so it totally was. But then the other thing is too is like, "Hey, am I gonna have to start off? You know, am I have to start at zero again?" Mm-hmm. Well, I started to ask my clients. We're not asking them, actually. I didn't ask any of them. I said, hey, just want to let you know, in another month, I'm moving to a studio. I'm, I'm going to be putting my two-week notice in. I'm done here. And they would say, can I follow you? I'm like, well, yeah, you can. And then I would say to the next client, well, how far is it? Two miles. Can I follow you? Yeah. And it just kept happening. I'm like, you know what? It's not just about what I know, but it's also about who I am and the relationships that I've created. Mm-hmm. And they know that I care. And that's the biggest thing. They know that I care, and, and they absolutely better know that I care because I, I bend over backwards for my clients when I when I used to do independent training. But it is scary. It's, uh, you know, you're like, what are the things that I need to know to be successful? You know, incorporating your business, your your logo, your your business name. And just those two can take weeks yeah. and We're paralyze you. That. Even <laughs> just trying to do a logo, trying to be on the same page about a logo and a name, I feel like has been a conversation <laughs> for two years. Yeah, I mean, we, yeah, uh, I mean, she's saying that because we, our name is Bill Body Fitness, but we've, we've talked about rebranding. A lot of people think they take our name and they, our Google search actually, we get our, we get really good Google searches, but it's because people are looking bodybuilding and mm. Bill Body switches. Yeah. And we're not a bodybuilding gym. So then, yeah, our, I, know, I know, I know what you're talking about. Our, en- our engagement on our Google drops a little bit. Yeah. So um, we've talked about, you know, doing a rebrand, not just for, you know, the, w- the space that we have in our garage, but if we expand out and we, you know, we have a name in that, but yeah, logo is extremely hard. And then not just that, like the systems, like how are you going to do, how are you going to track everybody? Um, I had never heard of Stripe before I was an independent trainer. Like I had never heard of it. And I, I kept hearing like EFT or something, I think it was the term. And it's, oh, yeah, you have to get your EFTs down. I was like, what's EFT? You know, it's like electronic fund fund transfers. And I was like, how do I do that? Like, what do you you mean? Like, you just do auto pay. Like, where is it from? And, you know, like, then I started looking into it. And then 
I'd make an account somewhere and it was like, what's your EIN number? And I was like, Google, what's an EIN number? And now you got chat GPT now. <laughs> right? But then that, and, and then I got my LLC, but when you get an LLC, you don't get an EIN number. It doesn't come together. Nope. So you have to go out, you have to go to irs.gov, whatever, and then file for EIN number. Because the, the LLC comes from the state and the, yeah. the EIN comes from federal. So there's all these different things like I didn't know. And the the process is, you know, it's 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 step by step. Like take a turn. We're like, yeah, oh, you need this. Okay, what's that? All right, got that done. All right, now you need this. Now you need that. And that, that's literally what I taught in class yesterday was starting yeah. a business and talking about the EIN number and, and all that stuff. And that's why I love NPTI. You guys are wonderful people. That's why I love NPTI. That's why I love uh, helping helping the, the students, like, come shadow us. Like, anytime you guys want, come shadow us. That's awesome. Uh, anybody, I got a lot of people in, on Instagram that have garage gyms, and they'll message me, and they'll say, hey, how are you doing this? How are you doing that? And I, I want to help because we went through a lot of, like, no help, no mm-hmm. nothing. We stuck our hand on the stove a ton of times, in, and we're still yeah. sticking our hand on yeah. the stove. You know, yeah. and you always will. I like that analogy. <laughs> it's true, and it's like, can we make it simpler for someone? If we can make it simple for someone, like I want to do that because you're gonna have so much more joy when it's a little bit more simple. Not saying that you're not gonna have joy if you if it's hard, but like this is an industry where it can be freaking hard. It can be being expensive. It can yeah. be just it like can be. Yeah. yeah, it can be like I just did all this work and I'm not getting anything. It's not growing. Did I my price? Were my prices too high? Are my times great? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? Okay, I have one person available at f- the ones four, but I also have a five p.m. Like, there's all these hard things, and it's like, okay, can if I can help somebody out, make it a little simpler, and you can stick in, stay in training for longer than what the average trainer stays in. Like, you're gonna love this. You're gonna love everything about it. You're Absolutely. gonna have. You're gonna have the like the best time of your life. Luis like also has the heart of an entrepreneur, like hundred percent. He has the heart of it. Yes. I've had to, <laughs> I've had to adjust a ton, but you see the potential in so many people that they don't see in themselves. And if we can make that path even easier, then it means they're gonna see that potential so much sooner. Because there's there's been a lot of walls we've hit of like, yeah, where he's been. Yeah, let's just keep going. I'm like, nope, nope, this is dangerous. We're gonna stop, but. Yeah, I like how inexpensive it is for a personal trainer to get started, though. It's I mean, really not as expensive of it as you think it's going to be. Yeah, to start an, to get an LLC in Arizona at thirty-five bucks, mm-hmm. the EIN number is free, free, and if you have a park close by, you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it can literally yeah. be that cheap. It really you know? is. I know of people that use their apartment complex gym sometimes. Yeah. There's an extra area. Given yeah. if you're an independent trainer, there's a lot of commercial gyms that get very touchy. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you mm-hmm. try to train. So if you're going to oh, do that, yeah. just don't be dumb. Don't, yeah. They don't yeah. even get touchy. They just kick you out. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. straight up. They kick you out. <laughs> and, that, and we're in Arizona, so I think most of, if you, most of your listeners, are for, if they are from Arizona, but like getting an LLC in Arizona is ex- very cheap. There are some states that are it's a lot more exp- yeah. yeah, it's a lot more expensive in some other states. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm originally from Florida, and I remember when I was looking at LLC there for, for another side project. Like, again, I'm always an entrepreneurship mind, but, yeah, it's like 115. There's some places where it's like 300, or there's some places where I think you can go, like, um, yeah. webs- there's some websites that they'll say, like, they're no charge. I think Arizona makes it pretty easy. Yeah. I, I didn't know at first. I thought it was hard. But, I mean, like, after doing it, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is not that bad. I, I did research some other states just because I wanted to know. And, yeah. It's so easy to get started. Mm-hmm. 
the hard part is just taking continuous steps and creating that inertia and, and continuing on with that journey to, to find success because it's it doesn't happen overnight. It's they say it takes three to five years for a business to to succeed. It can be a little bit sooner than that, but you got to stick it out. Mm-hmm. I, w- I can I can honestly say that when I went independent or not independent, no independence when I found my freedom. Mm-hmm. When I was a is an employee at, at 24, there was times I looked at my wife and I'm like, I don't know if this is the right choice. And she's like, stick it out. And I must have said that three or four times where I was like, you know what, I might I might go back to co- the corporate world. And she's like, no, this is what you want to do. Stick it out. I believe in you and, 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 and all that. And I did. I'm very thankful that I did. But also looking at looking around a class every single term, I look at the students and I see potential in every single one of them, whether they see it or not. I see mm-hmm. it. We all have, um, you know, our own hurdles that sometimes we put in front of us on purpose. And sometimes they're there because uh, not not because it's not your fault if you know what i'm saying so some people i try um you know i won't actually pick anybody out in class but i will be talking about somebody without them knowing what i'm talking about you know you sometimes you just have to take that step i know some of you were fearful taking that first step but the the grass is definitely greener on this side and you're going to learn a lot and you're going to become a better person for have failing you have to fail it's just it's a part of life you're going to fail it's just what did you learn from it but every single one of our students, they could they could do exactly what I did when I graduated and be incredibly successful, you know, help a lot of lives, um, make a lot of money because that comes with it. That mm-hmm. money comes with passion. If you don't have it. People are going to take notice and uh, maybe you're not you're not cut out for it. But I see potential in everybody. There's a reason why everybody signs up for the class because they have that thought that they want to do this. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure they understand it's not that difficult. It's about building relationships and, and first and foremost, it's about having one of the best educational platforms or foundations you can have starting so you don't fail as much. So you don't have that imposter syndrome. So you don't think you're failing your clients. So, I love yeah. what you said about failure. If anything in the fitness industry, it's funny how we get imposter syndrome when literally failure is something we know is a part of the process. Even just as I've been trying to increase my bench press and there's many people at the gyms that have seen me get stuck underneath a barbell and i've gone to the point where i'm not afraid to have a barbell fall on my chest because it's part of the process and it's part of learning and there's so much beauty once you embrace there's a chance of failure but there's also a chance of having so much greater of a reward and there's a lot of leaning that i've had to do on Luis of like okay if this is a failure like how bad is this failure gonna be but it's not needed but it's needed. And there's, you know, you think of, you know, the RPE, if you stay at a two or a three the entire time, yeah, you're going to be comfortable, but you're really not going to go somewhere. Like you have to be willing to push it closer to that eight, that nine, that 10. And yeah, it sucks having a barbell drop onto your chest, mm-hmm. but also feels really freaking good when you hit that new PR and you're like, I didn't know I could do 135, which I know is low for some of you, but for <laughs> me, it's a big deal. Right. You got to celebrate the failure sometimes. Yeah. But like going back to what you said earlier about sticking your hand on a stove, in in life, I think I've done that once, and I've never done it again. In business, you're going to do it over and over again. Mm-hmm. I did it last week. And there's and there's no <laughs> and there's no way to get around not doing it. Okay, maybe it ever for some again. people not once. <laughs> but it, but it happens. It's you get burnt. So yeah. what are you going to do about it? But sorry, what were you going to say, touch Josh? A no, stove? I, no, I was just saying. No, no matter how much business you've done there's going to be that time you're going to put your hand on the stove i mean unless you're warren buffett or something you know where it's like you're at that level of 
almost perfection when <laughs> in business. You know, there's you're gonna do it. But did so. he start off that way, or did he get his oh, way no, to that I'm point? I'm sure he stuck his hand on the stove a lot. <laughs> he probably yeah. stuck his whole hand in the <laughs> oven. Like it's you know, it takes a lot of freaking hard work to make things look easy. Oh yeah, yeah. There's so much that we're not seeing. Whether it's you're seeing the end of someone's journey, or you're just seeing a little, you know, five second reel. And, and talking about that, that's the. The social media, you see a lot of positivity, but you don't see what's going on in their real life. It's a delicate balance between how do I be authentic, but also I don't feel like crying on camera. Right. I'm not going (laughs) to cry outside my gym (laughs) and then film it with Sia in the background. (laughs) Sia makes you cry? No. (laughs) I'm trying to think of who's trending right now. I can't pronounce any of them. They're all at high-pitched frequencies. No, but it, no, you guys got a huge, huge point on that. Like the the amount of of stuff that we're seeing that we're 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 engaging with seems all awesome. Like social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, you know, it seems all great. Like life is so fun. Look at this and that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's so much there's so much deeper that we don't know, and right. n- no one's really posting that. So back to the comparison. Like, don't compare yourself. Um, the if you're if you're a coach and you're seeing someone another coach on social media like oh they're training they're training so many people like you don't know how many leads they lost or how many how long they've gone without a new client because they can post the same client over and over again because they've been with them for a long time but you're gonna have months where or a month where like no one signed up for you but no one left either so it's or you, it, don't, you it, don't you you don't see those bad photos. That yeah. they didn't post. <laughs> yeah, or the bad photos, <laughs> I think. So you're gonna have you're gonna have months where like maybe you lost two clients because things ended, finances changed, whatever they moved, and no one came in like to replace those. And you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, like two months already with nothing. Push it out. Like you gotta take it to the RPE of of like fear. There there, there should be like a fear RPE because there's gonna be points that are gonna be scary, but in the very end, like you are gonna be if you stick it out, like you said. You know, have so much success while while the process might not be as enjoyable because it's supposed to suck, but the success will come. And you have to prepare for those times. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about, you sell packages, but then don't pay yourself until you've completed that session. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people that would sell package and go, ooh, I got six grand. I'm going to go buy this equipment, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the client's like, oh, I need to cancel because I got to move out of the state. And, and you're like, uh-oh. They need money back. Uh, <laughs> you that's know, in the so. policy. It better be. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it's true. But you still spend that money, yeah. and then and then you're like, oh, now I need more clients yeah. to pay my bills, and because I already spent that, you know. So. And I will say, like, it's super important for for to have for you to hold really good business standards. Um, I mean, I've I've heard recently. And it, you'll see, you'll see, you'll you'll hear like there's gonna be coaches out there that aren't holding great business standards. They might never uh, fulfill their end of the deal. And like, just don't be that person. Like, don't be that person at all. Just hold some good business standards, and that's something that's also gonna hold part of your reputation, re- reputation, and why people are gonna want to work with you, not just once, but really long term. Um, personal training has the opportunity to have the same people long term and it is so fulfilling when you build an amazing friendship with someone that you thought they were only going to be with you maybe like three four months and you look two years later three years later and 
you're still working with each other they're they consider you one of your your best friends like they're involved when like maybe when when we got married or when we had kids or when their kids have birthdays it's so fulfilling it's so cool well speak to that one of the things that i've heard a lot of things in the last 14 15 years that i've been in this industry one of the things i heard very early on was culture is king culture is king you create Mm -hmm. a culture that is the most important thing you create that tribe that community you're gonna have i still have uh i've got three clients that i started working with 13 years ago they still work with me online they're not going anywhere we've created they don't want anybody else you know it's I'm not going to ever stop doing online training. It's it's fun. It's it's still it's I'm still getting reps in and practice, and it still makes me think about creating programs and whatnot. But you're you're gonna one of the things in this industry is you're gonna have very long time clients because mm-hmm. you've created that bond, that relationship. You've created that culture, and 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 if you do that, they're gonna tell their friends. You're not gonna have to go out there and market. Word of mouth is gonna help you because they're like, this is a fantastic coach. He uh he cares or she cares, and that's. That's the biggest thing, you know, to going back to what I said not too long ago. If you care and they know you care, that you've got their back, mm-hmm. maybe sometimes you got to go for that walk around the building and yeah. let them air it out. Sometimes you got to go and, and, and do that RP in nine or 10. You got to figure out what they need and give them what they need. And that's, I know it sounds simple, but when it comes to program design, if you know the foundations, if you know the, the brickwork that it takes to get somebody to their, their goals, give them what they need. It's like CPR. Give them what they need. Are they breathing? No. Give them air. Is their heart stop? Yeah. Compressions. With program design, give them what they need, but you need to know how they move. You need to know what their goals are. You need to know what their stress levels are, their sleep, their hydration, all that stuff. Give them what they need. You just need to know what that is. <laughs> so and how keep do it we, simple. Yeah. And how do we find out that information? You know? Almost went, almost, almost well went on my uh, my soapbox there. but I, I love soapbox moments. I was <laughs> living for it. I'm pretty passionate about uh, education in this industry. And yeah. it's, really hard right. for, it's really hard yeah. for me not to say, hey, don't take the cheap and easy way if you want this to be something that you're passionate about and you mm-hmm. want to yep. make a living doing. People can tell. You can tell when a trainer's hit a point where they go, they're just in it for the money, or maybe at one point they did care about clients and now they only care about the money and it is really sad to kind of see that shift mm-hmm. and given like yes our rates are a certain purpose because one like we we do need to make a living we're not just charging you because we can like we we got to food or afford our food in our home but when you shift to only care about the money and you see see the person that's when it gets hard yep. mm-hmm. and you know people might come into training because they're like oh i can make money i can do this part-time like this isn't really a part-time job at least my heart's not in a part-time it's no. full-time how many how many nights have i cried about a client <laughs> i mean we talk about our clients daily we're like, constantly discussing constantly. them to where yeah. we're like okay it's bedtime no more work yeah it's sunday yeah. i need an hour of no more work but what about this client i have this idea for programming yeah. it's they're constantly or like hey how did it go with so-and-so and like oh that session was so good today and we talk about it and it's just part of our day and then there are moments where we're like okay we need a little break from you know, talking so much about our clients because it's part of our di- like our gym is in our home, like our right. podcast studio is in our home. Like it's hard it, to separate. Like, it's hard to separate like everything. So it's like, yeah, there's times that we need to take a step back, but we care so much about our clients, and it uh, it shows like a client knows how much you care because that's how long they'll stay. Hmm. I I have I've had clients, one of that she's amazing. She's working. Uh, Renee's doing her nutrition, but like. 
when she started working with me is because she had a, she had a trainer that w- she worked with him for a long time and she lo- she saw that when he stopped caring because everything seemed like the same like wasn't putting any changes it was like oh cool i got this person for already three years like or two years or whatever like i don't really have to put as much effort because she's gonna pay me monthly or, or whatever right. it's like no you got to continually care you got to continually care i have a family uh that i've been training for three years and we were just talking about this this last week of how they had they've had an experience with uh one of their their son-in-laws that's working with the with the with the with the trainer for another, not for personal training but it's just like another trainer and in a different avenue but um he re- like he noticed things like th- they stopped caring like they stop showing the same energy from the beginning like and now they're like okay well i'm gonna walk away from that the, the the client will walk away from it and as they should yeah they should so continually care for them they're gonna stay with you they are or they even come back we've had oh, yeah. a lot of clients to where they've taken a step away usually due to monetary reasons or it's just i want to try this out myself and we're like heck, heck yeah. yeah look at that confidence we love that mm-hmm. and then they come back um one of his clients that i'm helping with the nutrition this is the second time around we're taking the next level of we've been able to say if things do end we end it on a good note to where it's like the door is always open i'm cheering for you i just because we're not training together doesn't mean i'm not going to get really excited when i see you go for that class when i see you post those prs as trainers we're supposed to educate our clients to the the point where they can do it on their own Mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the things that i think we we don't do when we first establish that relationship with a client or say we have our first fitness orientation Mm -hmm. i used to the last several years i would tell my, these people that would sit in front of me looking to me for help, they haven't decided if they're going to work with me or not, but I always said, hey, my goal here is to help educate you to the point where you don't need anybody to help you. And that's what trainers don't do. If you go mm-hmm. to a commercial box gym, most of them, they're, you see, the, you see the, uh, the trainers there that are half checked out. Yeah, They're not educating their clients. They're just putting them on machines and saying, hey, do a few of these reps without really an explanation. Most of them. I'm not saying all. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely can speak to the gym that I work out to work out at. I'm not going to name it, but I see this every time I go in there. I'm like, what are you even doing? You don't have a clipboard. You have nothing. You have no no uh, data to support what you're doing. And, and the other thing is, you haven't put them through a movement screen. Mm-hmm. That's kind of important. One of the things that cracks me up is our com our clients were cl- commonly say. Your voice was in my head while I did this. I heard you saying, bring your hips back, brace your core, screw in your feet. Like, we're constantly told our voices are in our head. I'm like, I hope so. I hope it's annoying because that means I know you're going to do it and you remember it. Sarah has our voice in her head constantly. And I think there's a, you'll have clients that like, from the very beginning, you'll know that they want to do this on their own. Even more, like you should push that even more. And you have clients that you work with them and you try to get them to do their own and they don't want to. And I really think that's completely okay because we've had experiences that we wanted to push the on your own too much. And it's just not what they wanted. They wanted a moment where they didn't have to think about anything. They wanted to have a little bit of socializing, meaning like someone that they could talk to that's outside of work, outside of their family, be pushed, be seen as somebody that can do more but that they didn't have to put themselves in the situation there by themselves, push themselves and everything. And it's completely okay to have that. But you educating, it should be part of coaching. Like mm-hmm. You should educate, educate, mm-hmm. and tell why. Like, hey, we're doing this movement right here. 
because I really want to make sure your shoulder blades are just nice and strong. You have a lot of rotation in there and they feel stable when we get to the third movement in our workout today. That's why we're doing this. Hey, during this movement, I want you to do this. And it might not seem like a big deal now because we're going light, but it's going to build a good foundation when we goes heavier and you don't have an issue with your back. So like always educate, educate, educate. Super important. Yeah. I want my clients to quit me. Yeah. I tell them that I, I, someday I want you to quit me because you've know enough and I've taught you enough. I've guided you. You don't need me. Now you can do it on your own. Now you can teach your friends, your family, what you've learned. And, yeah. you know, that's how mm. it works. Right. And it's understanding kind of what I keep saying season, but what season the clients at? Because there are some clients that we've had to where it's, you know, yes, I am the feelings coach, but literally their session with him where they don't have to think about anything. That's their therapy of they're completely detached and that's what they need in the moment. Compared to other times where they can be, you know, a bit more independent and helping your clients realize that, too, of like, you know, what what does your lifestyle look like right now? Are you at a place where life is so doggone busy to where the only way you're going to work out is if I'm physically here staring at you or can you be independent? Like, how can we help you be a little bit more motivated, even if it's just can you do five minutes of mobility twice a week? If you can do that, okay, let's maybe do like. 15 minutes can you do a workout on your own but it's really seeing the client of where they're at and helping them rise from there and that's where like us working with the 80 percent of everyday people it's everyday people aren't going to be your i wake up at five in the morning and i have my tea and i journal and <laughs> i drink my lemon water like no that's not realistic for everyone if it is for you and that works i love that for you but it's we have clients to where they might wake up at 4 a.m. and they have to feed a baby and then they have to go to daycare and go to work. We have other clients where they might work a weird night shift where their schedule, frankly, doesn't make sense. And they technically come see us before they go to bed. Mm -hmm. It's understand where your client's at, elevate them to where they're at. It's and that's a hard thing to recognize mm -hmm. because sometimes Tim, we've discussed this of I have where I want my clients to be. I have where they want to be. And then where they actually are at. And so it's how do I convince you you have the possibility to be here, but also be understanding of, okay, this is mentally what you can give me. Because my biggest struggle is when someone comes in full guns a-blazing, I'm going to work out seven days a week and I'm going to eat perfect and I threw out everything in my house. And then it's like, okay, what are you currently doing? I don't work out. I eat Taco Bell every day. Okay, that's great. How often are you drinking? Oh, I drink every day. Like, okay, shoot. I love your um motivation or i love your, your motivation i love your current intention are you gonna actually maintain that and that's a whole other hard thing of when they want to come and be all or nothing 75 hard and you have to be like you need to chill out because you're not currently doing that what can we actually get you to maintain like that's nice that keto worked for you 10 years ago if it really worked then wouldn't it be more sustainable Mm -hmm. what's what's actually sustainable to you right now and that's where you have to build up the trust of like i'm going to call you out this is what you're currently doing this is what you're capable of do you believe it great let's move on if you don't believe it shoot how do we get you to a point where you do yep. and you realize you deserve to feel good that's the other hard part is if they don't believe that they deserve to feel good in their own body that's going to be a whole other demon to conquer before you see any transformation you have to transform their heart and their mind and totally. i think totally and I think that comes down to like the coaching. So like that's our avenue of coaching. You might have a coach that uh, will get somebody that says the same thing that she said, and he's like, "Awesome, let's work with it." 
and you know they're able to get them to have a 12 week just crazy challenge transformation and then they're you know they do the before and after picture and they're stoked and they're happy but it always comes it, it. It, it comes down to that it comes down to like did you want 12 week and only keep it for six or did you want something that would last you maybe 24 weeks 30 weeks but lasted for three four five years yep awesome well where can people find you Find us on Instagram. I think I'm hilarious on there. <laughs> Luis okay. is significantly more educational. Yeah. So you can find me at, oh shoot, I don't even remember my Co own name. You just changed it. Coach Renee um, Ayako. Coach Renee Ayako. It makes me sound more culture to include my middle name. Um, we're also Build Body Fitness on Instagram. I am working on building up our YouTube page. So eventually there will be significantly more videos. Mm -hmm. Luis is appropriately named. The Garage Gym Coach. And then you can also find us on our podcast, the Strength Beyond Fitness podcast. Uh, you can find it on Spotify, Apple. Uh, I believe we're also like on Amazon. Uh, we're almost we're we're in pretty much like all the ones that carry. Right. Um, and then you can Google Bill Body Fitness, and we come up as well. So uh, those are the areas to find us, and you can find us for education if you want. If it's your students to come and and shadow and learn and uh, want to experience, just like what we do at our home if you want to find us for coaching if you want to find us just for picking our brain like we're more than happy to like just answer answer any dms or anything yeah i highly recommend so if you're looking for a pre and postnatal coach renee is your person heck yeah what <laughs> so i know <laughs> you're <laughs> i know like louise you 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 have a f you wear a few different hats but which ones would you say that you specialize with and i'm not even saying that you're just pre and postnatal i'm just pre and postnatal there's a few things going on here i know you've got uh let's just start with you what are your what what are your ideal clients so we consider both of ourselves um, strength and movement specialists in okay. which we want to make sure that you have that good foundation of movements and then you happen to feel like a badass after. So move well, lift heavy is our mindset. Um, I also specialize in nutrition, specifically nutritional guidance when it comes to your relationship with food. And so as a feelings coach, I work as mainly... As she looks at me, <laughs> she's like a <"Hey>, fat boy. <laughs> I did not call you that. Don't put that she in She just you looked trash. at me like that. Like, you, you, I need I to talk to you about... <laughs> nutrition. Yes. Yes. Um, so those are my specialties. And then I happen to teach cycles. So if you ever want someone to yell at you on a bike, Cycle Bar and Gilbert, I'm that crazy nice. person. That's way too much energy for me. <laughs> How about you, Luis? So I really specialize in like the movement quality to get people to lift pain-free. So my background is that I've had a car accident when I was like 18 and or 19 and several herniated discs. It was like a total of two herniated discs in my low back, two bulging discs in my low back, two herniated discs in my neck, and two bulging discs in my neck. So, uh, yeah, a lot. And, uh, you know, probably like six years ago, wakeboarding, I actually tore my patella out of place while wakeboarding. So, I mean, it went to the side of my knee. It's pretty gross. I popped it back myself. But um, after, you know, going to the doctor and, and seeing what happened, like I had torn not just my, my, my patella tendon, um, but my... Um, my meniscus and I've always in both injuries I was told like I couldn't do what I liked so when I had the car accident I used to surf and I was told like you can't be you can't do any more surfing because your back goes into that um extension and all that and you're, you're not gonna be able to surf again which is stupid um and then during like the knee it was like you know you're probably not gonna want to wakeboard for the next like three four years and I've learned like all those things that the doctors tell you it's complete bullshit and you can totally rehab your body properly 
be as patient as possible through the process and you come out even stronger. So I lift heavy pain-free. I can squat pain-free. I can do jumps and do plyometrics pain-free. So my coaching is very movement quality focus and joint rehabilitation. And then from there, I help you discover what kind of avenue of training you want. So uh, I got, you know, some that love powerlifting, not for a competition yet, though. So I train them with powerlifting principles. I have some that is just functional strength training, uh, everyday life. Uh, I have a grandma that used to have a ton of back pain. When I left my other gym, another another trainer took on and she had no back pain when she was with me. Then she ended up having terrible, even worse back pain after like three or four months with that trainer. Came back and now after several years. Well, we've been working for several years. Uh, she's pain-free again with back pain. And that's kind of like my avenue. I, tr- I, take, I take in your movement quality and really see where we need to focus on strength, ligament strength, uh, joint strength, joint stability, uh, movement quality, and then go from there. Um, no f- few bodybuilding principles, but I will never train anybody for like a bodybuilding show. Uh, just if you want to be able to feel strong in, in, in your bench press, squat, and deadlift. Awesome. Cool. Well, I think we've said it all. Uh, we will put down where you can find Luis and Renee uh, in the show our notes. notes. Yep. But yeah, uh, thanks for coming out. This was amazing. Thanks Good seeing you guys yeah. again. Yeah. I'll see you Wednesday, Renee. Wednesday. <laughs> so all the rest yep. of the class. I'm We're gonna have some super fun. Super excited about it. Let's go. Yeah, we are. Yep. They don't know what's about to happen. <laughs> They're about to know what it's like <laughs> to be pregnant if they haven't already. Right. So. <laughs> all right. Cheers. Awesome. awesome. All right, guys. Thanks. See ya.